Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana. And I'm Brooke. And this is episode 99. Today, we're going to be talking about Fear the Walking Dead, season six, episode seven, the mid-season finale, and The Walking Dead World Beyond, Season 1, Episodes 8, 9, and 10, the finale, along with other shows and movies we've been watching. But before we dive in, I want to know how you are doing today, Brooke. I'm doing fabulous. I've had a really good day. I've been working, and now I'm here hanging out with you remotely. So I, I love it. I'm, I'm, this is the perfect ending. This is the perfect pre ending of my day because <laughs> I still have <laughs> I way more to do. Yes, of course. <laughs> How are you, Diana? I am fantastic. I'm wonderful. Ooh, yeah. I love it. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm really excited to dig in and talk about these finales. I know. You know, I'm excited, uh, but I'm all at the same time a little bit, you know, oh, we don't, I'm thinking this Sunday, what am I going to do with myself? <laughs> There's no Walking Dead. But, um, I may rewatch the Game of Thrones. So I've been wanting to do that too. Yeah. So I think I'm going to be, be doing fun. that. Yes. I'm so excited for that. Oh, that sounds so, fun. Yes. And we have our 100th episode coming up next. Wow. That's amazing. I love that number and I love that we <laughs> are at 100 together. Yes. That is cool. That is so cool. We've done a lot of work. And we've watched a lot of TV and movies. And so I'm so excited about our topic. I am too. Yes. Yay. And yeah. That's, that's just incredible. I'm just blown away. Blown away. Such a fun project to be working on with you. Yeah. As I with you. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so in watching Fear the Walking Dead, I was thinking how Ed the taxidermist, <laughs> was doing something that his father had done and he wasn't thrilled with at first. So it made me start thinking about activities that maybe you didn't like, you know, in your childhood. So our question of the day is, and I'm going to pose this to you, Brooke, was there an activity that your parents had you do that you hated as a kid but now you value as an adult. Oh, yeah. It's funny because I think about this all the time and it's mainly because of my pure obsession for antiques and vintage uh, goods. Uh-huh. And my mom, she used to drag us around uh, to stores, like home goods stores. Like uh, we would go to little cozy downtown communities where there's a lot of thrift shops and antique stores. Um, and I didn't particularly like doing that back then. Gosh, to, to like steer my mom away from the Macy's home kitchen department was like, you know, we just wanted to get to Woolworths and the game store <laughs> and like, you know, do the fun stores right. in the arcade but she would get stuck in the home departments of the department stores and we go to antique stores. And now I'm starting a business, <laughs> <laughs> a small boutique of vintage and antique items. 
And I'm like, amazing. Yeah, that I is amazing. You know? Yeah. And as, as much fun that it probably was when I was younger, we would find things to do in those stores. Uh, like she'd take us to Ethan Allen and my brother and I, we would go to the kids department and like go hang out in the bunk beds at Ethan Allen and like dream of, oh, this is my room. And no, that's my room. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. And I, and I have those memories very, very vividly, very vivid memories of those times. And so who would have thought that I would be that person who loves antiques and vintage items as an adult? Yeah. <laughs> so what about you? Were there uh, things that your parents had you do or brought you along doing and you just didn't want to do? Or Yes. And now you enjoy them? Yes. I'm sure there's a lot, right? Because as a child, you only want to go have fun and do other things. But uh, I don't know if it's because of the season that we're in right now, uh, but it is actually making tamales. Oh. So my parents would have us, you know, help out and just make the tamales with the masa and the leaves and or the husks. And, uh, oh, God, I hated it. I hated it so much. And um, I remember being young. I might have said this story before, but uh, I had, we had gone to where uh, my mom's family lives, and we would eat a bunch of tamales. And I got so sick because I overate them. I loved them so much. I ate a bunch. I got so sick, like bad. And I hated tamales for years and years and years, like decades. I hated them. And um, one of my sons was going on a trip and I wanted, we wanted to do a fundraiser. And I thought, I don't know if someone came up with it or what, but we decided to make tamales to sell as this fundraiser. So we started making them. So of course I went back to my parents and I said, oh, I want to do this. Can you teach me how to make them oh, on my own, like from, from scratch from the very beginning? And so they taught me and uh, we have been doing it ever since. And now we have taken the tradition of making them during the season for the family. And uh, it's still not, you know, entirely fun. And and when I make my family do it, they kind of groan too, because I, I mean, it's it's a huge task to take on, but I value it so much. It means a lot to me. Uh, it means a lot to me to know that I'm able to do the whole the whole thing, that I've learned it. It's something that my parents taught me that I'm able to do. And so I value it now. I really do. So wow, I think it's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I love tamales. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> if we make them, which I think we will, I'll give you some. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So now, Aww. so now when I make them, you're all Diana. We have it. We have it recorded here. You said, uh -huh. "Yes, <laughs> I'm holding See? you to it." Yes. Oh gosh. You all heard the lady. You all heard her. <laughs> oh well, now I'm bummed that I didn't get to make it to your uh, Christmas last year. I think it was. Yeah. I think you had tomorrow. Okay, last next year. year. Next year. Yes. Yes. 2021. <laughs> yes. 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 Next year is going to be the year. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. And I'm excited for our 100th. And I'm excited for tamales. Thank you, Diana. <laughs> You're welcome, Brooke. <laughs> Friends out there, let us know what you think. 
Was there an activity that your parents had you do that you hated as a kid, but now value as an adult? You can leave us a comment on our Twitter at in underscore screens or at our Screens in Focus Facebook page. You can also follow us on our Instagram and subscribe to our website and our YouTube channel. The link is in our show notes. Diana. Yes. What were your overall thoughts on episode seven, Damage from the Inside, Fear the Walking Dead? Oh, wow. Okay, so this season of Fear the Walking Dead has continued to surprise me with the quiet surprise attack on the Lawton Rangers and then the Frankenstein Walkers and Alicia's stand against important people in her life and the revelation of where Grace has been. This has been a fantastic season six mid-season finale. And I don't even know if it was intended to be the mid-season finale since it was seven and it's normally eight, but every episode has been so good. And so I have loved it so much. And uh, and, and I did hear that they have started um, filming Fear the Walking Dead for the next half. So I'm excited about that. Wow. So tell me, what were your overall thoughts on this uh, season finale or mid-season finale? Yes. Well, I'm just really thankful for what this show is bringing. I mean, they are bringing it. Okay. This was so good. The characters, you know, and how they've evolved and the adaptation. It's just been so incredibly fun to watch. And everyone, our characters, they're in different places and they're separated into different groups. Virginia, she's been such a mystery. And I was proud of the writing and the directing. All of this season has just been so entertaining. I loved it. Yeah. But what else stood out to you in this particular episode? Oh, my gosh. Alicia, for sure. She has finally emerged as a badass, and I love it. She's sick of playing by everyone else's rules, and it's doing it finally her way. I find her to be so brave, smart, resourceful, and it reminded me of her mother, Madison. Uh, So after Dakota goes missing while in Strand's care... He sends Alicia and Charlie on search and rescue mission. And after finding her, Alicia makes secret walkie-talkie contact with Ginny and makes a deal that if she delivers Dakota to the safe house, then Ginny will grant Charlie and Alicia's freedom. And Ginny accepts this. Have you noticed that Ginny really, like, is making deals with a bunch of people. I just I find that very interesting in itself. You know, she's always wheeling and dealing with these people. I wonder what she'll um, keep, if she'll keep these, um, just like she did with uh, June, making that deal right. with her about the hospital. I just, I wonder if she'll follow through. So right. uh, it makes me wonder. But um, Alicia's plan is to make it back to the stadium, which is all very interesting because... That's where she last saw her mother. And I'm thinking, is this an Easter egg? What are they giving us here? Why would she mention the stadium? And it could be that I've read that it could be because they want to keep it in the audience, the fans' minds that the stadium isn't 
that far. Like someone that was there, like Madison, could find her way to where, you know, our group is at. So I, I just, ah, I just find that so interesting and fun. And um, I also find it interesting how protective she is of Charlie. That's true. I'm sorry. I got stuck thinking about the stadium and Madison possibly... I, I, I like I started reenacting or like directing my own film in my mind as you were talking. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. It's at work. I love oh when my that gosh. happens. And like, yes, that she's like implanting this in our brains that there's a possibility. Just it just threw me for a loop, you know. And I don't read, um, yeah, uh, the projections or anything. So in my mind, I'm. I was already kind of feeling the sense of Madison and just how Alicia has evolved. And, you know, just watching the relationship between Alicia and Charlie, it's been so interesting for me to watch those two. Seeing them both together, constantly reminding me of Alicia's brother, Nick, because Charlie killed Nick. I know. And so to see them interacting, I just, I got stuck on their relationship just completely stuck especially that one episode with the molasses factory and how right um you know it had been a while since we've seen them two together and so now that charlie and alicia are together alicia was it turned out that alicia was training charlie to killing walkers to get her ready for that journey to the stadium that that's i believe that's what she said um in this episode yeah yeah it, it totally makes sense that um, I see their relationship building and, you know, Charlie seems to have learned more than just killing walkers. She's also strategically inclined to protect Alicia when she was inside looking for Dakota. And Charlie was so brave that she drugged Ed while he was asleep so that she could help Alicia and Dakota escape. I just was, I was just so thrilled to see her so brave and um, I don't want to say paying debt to Alicia, but it's almost like um, in the walking dead, Tara and um, Glenn, you know, Tara felt that she owed Glenn. Yes. Her life because of what happened with the governor and their group in that war that they had. So I feel like a very similar feel with the two of them where they just are there for each other for certain reasons, for sure. Yeah. But, um, I loved this. Ep- I love to see them. I loved it. I loved this episode. Yeah. What else did you notice? Well, after Ed sacrifices himself to the Frankenwalkers, and uh, we see a headlight diversion and realize it's Morgan. And Alicia is both shocked and thrilled to see him alive. And she asks a billion questions, which I love because I would want to know all the details too. And we find out that he alone was the attack on the Lawton Rangers, which makes sense because there was no gunfire heard. And because uh, we kept saying, God, how did Strand, even though Strand was off on a horse with that other ranger, how did they not hear it? They just rode back and see that all the Lawton uh, rangers are 
dead on the ground and then, you know, reanimating into walkers. And uh, so we wondered, like, how did they not hear the gunfire? But it just totally made sense because Morgan was using his new weapon and just either cutting them up or stabbing them or however he did it. But um, I thought that was kind of cool that it was him. Yeah, um, that was a good, good um, intro to, for them to see Morgan. I loved it. Yeah. And so uh, the next day, she keeps on with the questions and finds out that Morgan has a place for all of them and wants to trade Dakota for their people with Ginny. But Alicia realizes using Dakota is a bad idea and that they want to save Dakota. Of course, this is through, you know, Charlie in her ear. Uh, you know, saying, you're not going to do this, are you, Alicia? So I think that really made her rethink her decision. Um, But then Alicia and Morgan begin to argue. And then she makes a stand against him and tells him that they are going their own way. And it's funny, but um, last episode, uh, I was so much on Morgan's side and against what Dwight was trying to do. And in this episode, I'm against what Morgan's choice. And so um, thankfully, she's convinced him. And he says that this doesn't work unless it's all of them and says, Dakota is welcome. And I was like, oh, my God, thank God, because I just didn't want there to be more friction. So I know I, I was sad that they were arguing. Yes. And I was afraid that they weren't going to be able to work it out. But the fact that they did and just the look and the emotion. Oh, my gosh, Morgan, he did such a good job in that scene. They both did. And I could feel Morgan's emotion. Yeah. And he was like, hold on, hold on. OK, I don't mean this. You know, you could tell he was sincere. It was hard. And, you know, he. He killed um, all those people, the rangers. Yeah. And that was surprising to Alicia. And so, um, and that was surprising to me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, Especially for Morgan, I, I didn't right? expect, yeah, I did not even think that it was Morgan. I thought it was that weirdo Ed, the taxidermist. I don't know. I don't know who I thought it was. I was yeah. like, it's somebody else is out there. I know. That's what I was thinking, too. And Dakota didn't know who it was. She crashed the vehicle. So I guess, yeah, it, that that was a trip. I just, I realized like how um, determined Morgan is in finding Grace and all the rest of the people. So that was intense. That was a very intense episode or a uh, scene right there. Yeah. Them two arguing. And so taxidermist Ed, you know, that was so creepy when he was like performing those experiments yeah. on those yes. walkers. And it was like, like straight from like Saw or something, the movie, you know, and it was just creeping me out. Like, and, and the fact that he was doing that to make them appear scarier to keep the people away and gosh, if I walked into a place and saw someone performing a procedure like that, I would think to myself that that might be the last thing that I ever saw until my death. <laughs> I know, right? I know. It was scary. It was scary. Weird. It was worse. Yes. Yes. 
So then when she was upstairs and then he went, he disappeared and then, you know, he stabbed her in the neck with the, the antidote and, or whatever the medicine was, um, that scared me for her. And she was tied up. I was so creeped out. And I, I, I don't think we've ever seen anything like that in The Walking Dead, not even in that setting. So that was very scary. And the antlers and the fur and, and it was like, um, the thriller night, you know, the Michael Jackson, like thriller night and, <laughs> yeah. and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. like them busting through the house, like the night of the living dead, breaking the doors down. And just, that was so cool. Yeah. You know, when Ed, uh, the taxidermist, I just love that word taxidermist. So I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> <laughs> he comes clean about what happened to his family and how full of guilt he is. I was, I was sad for him. And how he lost his family, you know, due to his, I guess, negligence. I mean, he really felt that it was his fault. And um, however, he, you know, he basically tried to keep them, uh, the girls there to, to keep them safe. But it, the way that he was going about it was just all wrong. It yeah. was like, it just, he was a, a creepy person. Yes. But he had reason. It just, it was not being translated well. And so, um, I kind of was glad to see him sacrifice himself to protect them because ultimately, you know, he kept saying that that's what he was trying to do is keep them safe. And, and, and clearly that's was, that was his intentions once he, decided to sacrifice himself after that accident where he was pushed and that, um, was it an antler or something yes. went through his leg? Yeah. An antler. Of yes. Course. <laughs> yes. So, or, um, or, or normal, a normal thing around your living room, right? Yeah. <laughs> an yeah. Antler. yeah. So it was just good to see that that's truly what he was trying to do because I kept thinking, no, He's he's gonna perform a thing on you. You're gonna become an animal walker next. Exactly. Yes. Kill him. You know. <laughs> yes. And then, um, how sweet Dakota was with Alicia. It's not your fault. You know. Yeah. You didn't do it. Wasn't you didn't do it on purpose? Because she felt remorse for for Ed being stuck like that. Yeah. But you know what? Good job, Alicia, for for your strength and, and ability. And so that was an in- incredible scene as well. Very proud to have watched that. Yeah. Um, but Dan- Diana, do you have any other thoughts about this episode? Yeah, I'm just thinking about everything you just said and um, that those three women, you know, really work together and they keep they have each other's backs. And I, I just love that, too. That's really awesome. And also that Ed is creepy. And I was thinking, but why did you board up everything even on the second? Didn't he do it on the second floor, too? I don't know. Yeah. Something. And I'm, I don't know. It was just very bizarre. Because that wasn't to keep walkers out because they can't get up to the second floor. It's to keep them in. So, yeah. So while he may have been saying certain things, I don't know. I just, yeah, I just feel like he wasn't all there all the yeah, time. For sure. And, it, oh, and yeah. it reminded me of like Lizzie, you know, in in The Walking Dead and just not being all there. And 
Yeah, it's all very interesting. But I, I agree with you. It was like, oh, my gosh. where I mean, this could have really taken the wrong turn here when mm-hmm. he um, inject her and she was out. I mean, he could have started performing some stuff on her, you know? Yeah, he was so bizarre. Yeah, so it was very interesting. And um, I did notice that they noted that John Dory has been gone a week. Mm. I'm like, a week? Wow. So I'm just, I'm over here wondering what June and everybody else is thinking, you know, that he's gone. And that uh, that Dakota revealed that Ginny killed her parents. So I want to know more about that. Yes. I'm like, what does that mean? So they, you know, they gave us that, but not much more. And I love that Charlie has these great ninja skills and obtaining intel because she snuck into the place before Ed boarded it up, yet no one knew she was there. And then she snuck her way to get his... um Whatever the drug that he used to knock out Alicia, she used on him. Yeah. Although she, although she didn't use it properly, but she still used it on him. So I don't know. She's getting pretty good at, you know, getting her way around and sneaking in. And I like that. I really like that about her. Yes. And very good. You know, like I said at the beginning, uh, this is one of the best seasons of Fear the Walking Dead. And I'm really excited to see the second half. And yeah, I just can't wait for it. And uh, I'm still going to keep hoping that somehow Kim Dickens, who plays Madison, makes it or makes her way back into this. I really do. I think I, I don't know. I, I just hope it is, you know, you'll have some, some people saying, ah, she died. They shouldn't be bringing people back, but it would just be a fun a fun thing to see and yeah, speculate. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. I love that idea. So what else did you notice, Brooke, in this episode? Uh, well, Strand, he kind of, I don't know, he, he kind of upset me this episode. But I love Strand. Yes. But his, like, what he was trying to do, it just, it bothered me. Yes. And he was looking, you know, at Alicia to protect him from Virginia knowing about him losing his her sister. And then um, I just didn't like that. It was very weasel-like, you yes. know? Yes. It was grimy. And so Strand even pointed a gun in Alicia's face, you know? And, if, like, I didn't think that he would shoot her. But the fact that he did it, it was upsetting to see their relationship go there because he has such a long history with Alicia and her mom. They were in the first season all together. Yeah. And so right now, Alicia just cannot trust him. And no matter how much he says he's doing it for them, it's not right. It just doesn't feel right. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, And I can't believe he pointed a gun at her. I can't believe that. And she said to him, what are you going to shoot me? You know? Yeah. It just, it didn't feel good. But, no. um, and then, oh my gosh, at the end, we see a Virginia take Strand all the way to the back to that fake wall and there's a room and then Virginia has Grace and Grace is so pregnant and she's been locked in that secret room. Um, and, uh, that's like her perfect ammunition that she's been keeping from Morgan and the rest yeah. of the group. Yeah. I mean, talk mm-hmm. about keeping everyone separated. That, that meant a lot to see what she's been hiding from us. I was 
quite surprised. I didn't even think that she was being hidden. So it was amazing. Very, very amazing episode. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you could give an award to your favorite character quote or moment, who or what would you give your award to? I would give mine to Alicia. I love that she isn't afraid to confront Ed, Ginny, Morgan, Strand, all of them in this episode. She's fearless and I just love it. She stands her ground, you know, against Morgan and then Strand, which was shocking. And I was surprised that he pulled his weapon out like you had mentioned and then they pulled theirs. I loved it. Right back at him. Yes. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, it was really surprising, but I loved it so much. I yes. loved it. Because it, it creates the tension within our own group, you know? So there, there is that. And there's still people out there because of the oil factory, you know, when Alicia had asked Morgan, was that you? And um, he said, oh, yeah. no. That wasn't me. So there's still people out there. Right. Right. So, uh, Brooke, tell me, who would you give your award to? What was your favorite quote character or moment? I, I give my um, award to Charlie and Alicia. I really felt the uh, relationship between those two. This episode was so powerful. I, I just think that they're a great duo and now they're a trio and they're women and they're strong and I'm happy to see them getting closer and looking out for each other in like that nurturing sort of way and quite frankly Alicia reminded me of her mother and it's just perfect I just think that something big is coming yeah so I'm very proud of them too yeah yeah that's funny that we both feel that Right? I'm yes. like, we both feel it. So The force is strong with us. <laughs> it is. I love it. So, yes. And that wraps our segment of the Fear the Walking Dead universe. And we're moving forward to The Walking Dead, The World Beyond, Season 1, Episode 8, 9, and 10. So exciting to see this season or this series progress i mean it was it was quite amazing what did you think about this um episode eight the sky is a graveyard so oh my gosh we find out that huck is a mole and her mother is lieutenant colonel kublik um so that was shocking and then poor silas even though it appeared he had murdered tony and possibly percy I was feeling his innocence even at the beginning of this episode. Uh, they delve into his backstory, and I found it so heartbreaking. I mean, it had the good, the bad, and the ugly. The relationship with his father felt very realistic. I mean, one minute the dad is bonding with his son over music, and then he flips after drinking and becomes very abusive. Uh, and then half the group wants to leave Silas behind, but Iris and Elton are fighting for him, which I really appreciate. And um, I love Elton's loyalty toward his friend. I just think it's so sweet. Yes, I think so, too. I, definitely, Silas had a hard time with his father. I felt so bad. And that was just so important to see 
And just to understand Silas, but also to understand how some families are really suffering and how much support they need in those times. I mean, you, you may not ever know that somebody's going through that behind closed doors. And, um, yes, I agree that Elton was such a good, good friend. And Elton was that support and trusting family member that Silas needed badly. So very badly. Um, Iris, I felt that she was confused about Silas and Hope was like, hell no, Silas just killed somebody, you know, and he was just left outside in the dark like the pig his father treated him. I know. It was heartbreaking. um, You know, we're watching that episode and Dominic's like, what's a pig? I'm like, "Uh, a pig is an animal that... Like, you know what? Because his father called Silas a pig. Yeah. And so Dominic Ugh. did not understand that reference to when you call that to a person. And mm. I'm like, well, like, tell me what a pig is. That's what he's calling his son, you know? And that's how they treated him that night that they suspected that he killed um, those people. So I felt bad that they treated him that way. And that message was awful. But it was an amazing message that we were told because it's, you know, like my son, he didn't understand until he saw that. Like he'd never seen something like that before. Right. And so it was just so emotional that because we saw it in The Walking Dead with Carol and her husband. I think his name was Ed. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been and like Daryl. You know, he had an abusive father. Yes. So it's interesting to see backstories and the fact that Silas is is a youth. He's a child. Yeah. I love backstories. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love them. They fill so much stuff in. I just love it. Well, this whole season has (sighs) been built on backstories, which is amazing. Yeah. Because you really think about, um, like, one of the biggest reasons why I like this show is because... Um, these kids are growing up in a zombie apocalypse and yeah. we get to see when it started and how they've evolved. Yeah. And I just think that's part of why I really love this show. Yeah. Um, so we see Hope also confess to Elton about what happened the night the sky fell. Mm-hmm. She confessed to him about killing his mother and she expressed this. Because she didn't want him searching for someone or something that isn't there anymore. I know. So sad. It was, it was very uh, emotional to see, to see that. Yes. That just made him sick to his stomach. It did. And at some point, he like tears up the manuscript that his mother, that he was finishing for his mother. Mm-hmm. So I feel so bad. Um, but in episode nine, The Deepest Cut, what were your overall thoughts? I thought it was so great to see so much of Elton in this episode with his search for Silas and his quest to save Percy. I thought it was so great. Um, I liked the hallucinations. It was a great way to add to the story. I was first like, wait, what? It, It took me a minute. I'm like, wait, Percy got up so fast from being hurt. And then I realized, oh, wait, he's still on the ground. I'm like, that's not really Percy. That's a figment of Elton's imagination. 
but I liked it. I just thought it was great. I really did. I found it interesting to see that he didn't, that Elton didn't blame Hope at all for his mother's death, but that he was more hurt by his mother's actions. So, and like you said, he tears up the manuscript, uh, but then he's feeling guilty about it and starts to go pick it up because he's like, no, when he was doing it, my heart was breaking because I was thinking, oh my God, you're going to want that. You're going to want that. So it was interesting to see him go try and pick up the pieces, which I really appreciated. And um, I am starting to really, I mean, Elton is starting to come at me as like one of my favorite characters now. I'm like, oh, I really like you, Elton. You're you're a cool dude. So, um, and that he was, you know, uh, trying to help Silas. And in this episode, we see that Silas's name was cleared. And we finally get to meet who Will is. So that was kind of cool, uh, finally seeing him. And I like how they revealed it to us where, you know, Felix and Will uh, didn't really, you know, get along at the very beginning. And then all of a sudden you see that they're a couple. So I I found that very, very interesting. What were your thoughts on this episode? Um, Now, this episode tied into 9 and 10 were shown back to back. So uh, they're kind of tied together. Yeah, it was like very blended, very Mm -hmm. blended. And... um, yeah, I mean, based on Elton, this episode was, you know, surrounded on, like, we've been waiting for this moment. And I knew eventually he'd find out about um, Hope and his mother. And I think Elton really needed that experience with Percy. It was like a cleanse for him. And we even see him, like, you know, clearing walkers with uh, Silas's wrench dagger tool uh weapon. yes uh-huh and i thought that was interesting because th- that was the very first time that i had ever seen elton get dirty and it was like walker guts all over his suit and um you know his uh dedication to human life and yeah. determination like it just was so symbolic and i think that he really needed that i think a lot of these kids Living in this world, um, really have the chance on this uh, exploration to see what it's really like out there because they had civilization behind their walls. And I think that was amazing too. But there's also that sense of the real world, and this is the real world that they're living in. So they're badass now. They have done so much and so much weight removed from Elton's shoulders and Silas' shoulders because they're just, they're no longer sheltered. This was so good for them. I, I appreciate, um, their, their, their trip at their, their journey. Yeah. And so I thought it was a very good, um, episode. Very, very well done. And to see, Silas and Elton reunite. I felt so bad for Silas just sitting there in that warehouse. He looked hungry or lonely. And what is he going to do? He's just sitting there. And then he sees Elton at a distance and he's like, yeah. oh, what? 
I love that when they reunite and he's like, look, look what I found. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're clear. Your name is clear. Yeah. So, I thought that was really good to see them. And um, tying into episode 10, In This Life, what do you think? Oh, my gosh. I was – okay, so we get to see this fight between Huck and Felix. Because Felix and Iris, you know, figure out that that room that Huck was trying to keep him out of has all this medicine, has all this, uh, all these things they could have used, stuff to help his leg. Uh, I can't even remember everything it had in it, but it had a lot of stuff. And so they finally realized that Huck was hiding it from them. And, and so they put two and two together and then they get to on the road and they catch up with her and then Huck and uh, Felix get in this enormous fight. And I kept thinking, oh, come on, Felix is a man. He's going to overpower Huck. But man, she has some skills. (laughs) You know, she learned some combat training. So they were keeping, you know, she was keeping up with him and he was keeping up with her and they kept taking it from one room to another and down the stairs and everywhere. So it was very, uh, you know, thrilling while it was happening. And, uh, but I was really, really surprised um, at the extent that Huck was going uh, through or to, to kill Felix because they show in in the um, in a flashback when when he hurt his leg that it was her that hit his leg and caused the the gash. He didn't see it, of course, but it was like, oh my god, you hurt your friend. And she does regard him as her friend, but at the same time, she's putting her mission above that and her mother above that. Then there's that point where she's ready to kill him, and uh, it takes hope pointing a gun at herself saying, don't you hurt him because I'm going to, you want me and I'm the asset. So you better uh, just uh, leave him living. And so uh, Huck does, thank goodness. But I thought, wow, you were about to do that. That's like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I loved about the ending was that they believe that hope is the key because it emerges through this last episode that how smart and brilliant actually hope really is. She's figured out um, things and they show it in a flashback that she's able to do all these things and her father sees it. So her father sees this in her, right? But at the very, very end, you realize that the reason she figured it out was because Iris helped her. So even though the CRM thinks that hope is the key, they don't realize that it's together hope and Iris that are the key. It takes both of them. Oh my God, I thought that was so awesome that they showed that. And I love the sisterly love between them. I think that they are both smart, strategic, brave young women. And I love that The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, and The World Beyond 
are making women look so good. It's like, thank you. Thank you for spotlighting all the young women, no matter what age they are in this whole universe. I just think it's awesome. And I love it. I thought so too. And like when uh, Huck tells Hope, you don't even know who you are. I was thinking, why? Who is she? What does she have? Antibodies? Is she going to, does she have the cure? I had no clue. And then um, throughout this entire series, we've seen how the sisters, they do require the need for each other to be present. Yes. And they like, they have like these telepathic, they have this like telepathic relationship, these two girls. They do. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I mean, since they were babies. And that's why they were adopted together. So it's like they're prophets or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's trippy how uh, Percy tells Elton that Huck is the one who shot him. Yeah. And he's like, smacks the radio or, you know, gets the radio out of his hands or whatever. And uh, um, that surprised me. I mean, I... I oh, was yeah. wondering, like, how, how, what happened to Percy, you know? And, and, um, was it John who got his head bashed in and, and said, Oh, Tony, and, Tony, 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 thank you. Who got, yeah, who's in, uh, Silas was, uh, I don't understand how that whole thing went down, why Silas had bloody hands and Tony's head was all crushed and then, um, so I'm not sure, but she totally set Silas up yes. knowing that she did this. And so I'm, I'm just so curious as to what's going to happen with that. And, um, Silas blacks out apparently. So well, was... he had been drinking. So I think that's why he blacked out okay. again. This is all speculation, but it would almost seem that Huck killed Tony or was trying to kill Percy Maybe Tony came in and tried to prevent it, and then she killed him. Possibly he turned into a walker, and Silas killed the walker, you know? So he may have not killed Tony. He may have killed the walker, you know, the reanimated. Maybe. I mean, this is just all thought because they didn't tell us what happened there. But, uh, But yeah, so it's all very interesting. Cool, right? Such twists happening. I love it. Yes. And when Felix, he has a boyfriend. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was sexy. Yeah, <laughs> it was. But do you have any other fi- uh, thoughts about this episode? I loved it. I just, uh, I, you know, we're down one season. This is a two-season uh, show. And so I'm excited to see the next one, and that will lead into the movies. I'm just so excited to see this world that Rick Grimes has been surrounded by and what the CRM has been up to and what this researcher is hiding from Dr. Bennett, because that's all very interesting, too, right? I mean, I'm not sure what they're going to do with the doctor. So um, and then who is this group that Will is with, right? Because Will comes up with people and they he sees Felix so that's I have so many questions and I love 
I love it when we see an ending, but then we also see all these new things that we're questioning. So I just think that that's really awesome. So I'm 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 really pleasantly surprised by this series. Um, I, the first half, I was like, okay, okay, I'm I'm sticking with it. But I think the la- latter half of the season really kicked it into gear. So I'm really happy about it. Brooke, do you have any final thoughts on uh, World Beyond? Yes, I totally appreciate the creative writing and, and the kids growing up in the zombie apocalypse. You know, we've seen how the people are adapting and realizing that they are adapting to this world specifically. And we've seen many moments where the kids have realized their lives are different than the previous world and they don't have certain life experiences like prom and yearbooks and things like that, which seem very nostalgic, you know, and I can't imagine life without that, even though we've, you know, a lot of our youth in 2020 have experienced that, but I don't want it to ever be the past where it's like in the zombie apocalypse, uh, how these kids are living. So they're like realizing that they don't have, like they'll, they don't have these experiences. So it just, I feel like it's very interesting to see kids growing up without that completely you know yeah and and their reaction when they when they realize that it's it's interesting oh it's it's cool the way that they're filming this show i love that there's youth involved you know i mean it's just a different vision and i love it I, i just love the show it's so it's so good so i can appreciate it oh We'll have to wait for the next season. That was it. We are done with <laughs> the world beyond for now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to find out what happens next. Yeah, me either. But yeah, now that we're all done with our zombie talk, maybe you're going to talk about more zombies. What else are you watching, <laughs> Diana? Uh, no zombies, I don't think right now. <gasps> Not yeah. right now. Um, so... Um, I did finish The Undoing on HBO that has six episodes. It was it was very good. Uh, the last episode, I feel like it was a little rushed, but I will say overall, the whole show was very interesting and intriguing. It was a mis- you know murder and a mystery. So, and as Nicole Kidman, she's so awesome to look at. So, if you like mysteries or you know a crime and Nicole Kidman, then watch it. It's really good. Uh, as far as movies, I've watched several. Um, one is Fighting with the Family. I watched this a few weeks back. It's on Prime. This was a fun movie. It's a British-American biographical film about an English wrestler, Paige, making her way up in WWE and her brother, Zach Zodiac, who doesn't see the same success and resents her for it. Uh, Lena Headley from Game of Thrones is her mom and dad is Nick Frost. He's hysterical. And then Dwayne Johnson appears in this film and is also a producer. So um, that was a good movie. It's a comedy drama. So, you know, check that out. I saw Run on Hulu. This is with Sarah Paulson and Kira Allen. Um, and it's about a homeschooled teen who has multiple illnesses and uses a wheelchair, but begins to suspect her mother as a dark secret. And Sarah Paulson is so good at being so bad. I'm like, holy crap, this woman was, uh, she's just so good at it. So 
take a look at that. And then I watched uh, Hillbilly Elegy um, on Netflix. This is a, a memoir. And uh, Ron Howard directed this movie, and it's with Glenn Close and Amy Adams. This did not get, this got panned by the critics, majorly panned, but I still wanted to watch it because I really like Ron Howard and I, you know, Glenn Close is phenomenal and so is Amy Adams. So this movie is about a Yale law student who returns to his hometown in Ohio in the midst of an interview for a law clerk job. And after this is after his mother's OD on heroin. So this movie is told in flashbacks displaying the relationship he had with his unstable mother and his grandmother and growing up, um, you know, in financial um, deprivation and trying to break out of that cycle that his family has been living in. And I have to say the performances were really good. Wow. I mean, Glenn, Glenn Close is awesome. And so is Amy Adams. So watch it if at least for that. And um, yeah, that's what I've been watching. Oh, last night I watched... The Happiest Season with uh, Kristen Stewart. And that's a Christmas movie about uh, uh, her and her girlfriend go to her girlfriend's parents' house for Christmas. But her girlfriend hasn't come out to her family. So it's just, oh. it's, it's, a, it's a movie uh, about that whole um, dealing with that end of it. So it was, it was a cute movie, though. Oh, Gemma loves Kristen Stewart, by the way. Oh, because of Twilight. Yeah. Yes. Kristen she, Stewart is really, is, I don't know. There's something about Kristen Stewart. She kind of just draws you in. I mean, that's why she's a star, right? I mean, yeah. I, I tend to watch just because she might be in something. Have you seen all the Twilight movies? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Okay. I love Robert Pattinson, too. I know. He's so cute. I think, I think Gemma is team uh, Edward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brooke, tell me, what have you been watching? Oh, good thing that you asked me because I have actually sat down this week at night instead of working on my computer and I've just Woo! been vegging there, just watching TV and I'm like loving it. I eat my cereal. And I just <laughs> love it. Oh, what my kind gosh. of cereal? What kind of cereal? Honey bunches of oats, honey bunches of oats. I, ha I had to get a visual, okay? Yes, in my little white bowl that only has a certain amount that I can hold in there, so it yeah. won't. I won't overeat. But um, wait, yeah. can I tell you one more thing? Tell me. I did watch again after Thanksgiving, planes, trains, and automobiles, because you know how much I Aww, love that. That's so cute. I know. Yeah, I love that movie, Aww. and I watched it again. We watched it as our Saturday night movie and laughed and laughed. And my sons are all, what are you laughing about? And we're like, Aww. this movie. I, I got to watch it again. Yes, so watch it. Watch it. It's so good. So it's funny. on. It's on. Uh, like Comcast on demand. You could just watch it on demand. It's there. Okay. Cool. All right. Oh, we'll check it out. I also want to tell you that uh, it's a wonderful life is on. I think it's on Prime because I know I don't think you watched it. You said um, I think you hadn't watched it before, and I want you to watch it. Okay. So, yeah, we're already um, in on our Christmas movie marathon, so yes. we are on a roll. Cool. Okay, tell me, what else have you been watching? Oh, my gosh. Okay. There's this movie called Honey Boy. Have you watched it? I only watched part of it. I haven't finished I it. I 
loved this movie. I couldn't stop watching it. Okay, so the thing about it is... Well, first of all, I do really, really, really like Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, and I do that's too. That's how I say his name. I don't know. I can I cannot say it the French way because I've not been taught. So, however, his name is being said, I call him Shia LaBeouf, and I think that's how a lot of people say his name. But I just thought it was so good. I was impressed by all the three actors in this movie playing. So the two young actors playing him, and then. Shia LaBeouf was playing his father. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's right. It just made me, this movie made me love him even more. Like, Aww. he can be controversial. Yes. I don't, he doesn't bother me at all. I love him. I love him. Okay. And um, this movie, this movie made me love him even more because I, I truly understand his behavior. You know, and how he's been called out for some of his behavior. And and I understand his love for his father and his father's love for him. And I understand, I keep saying that, um, <laughs> how complicated their relationship was. Yeah. Well, it's, it just goes to show that this movie was very revealing, right? You yes. Yeah. He wrote the story. He wrote this story so yeah. well. And he portrayed his father so well. And these other actors portrayed him so well. And I love yeah. these young actors. And I've seen them in other movies. And I just, I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> cool. I just thought it was so good. And what an interesting way to be brought up in life. It just melted my heart. It broke my heart. Um, I have to finish watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, I saw the trailer and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe. And I, you know, whenever time, anytime I've, I feel that way about a movie, I just push go, just push play. Cause I'm interested. I don't want to just surf all night long. So I just yeah. go for it. And I'm so glad that I watched it that night, that night that I was feeling that emotion. So it was very good. Um, the other movie that I watched that was so, I recommend this movie so much too. It's called The Lie. Have you seen The Lie? Oh, I haven't, but I thought I wanted to. Is that the one with the parents and the daughter? Yes. <gasps> it's good. Maybe yes. I'll watch it tonight. I'll oh watch my it tonight, gosh. maybe. Yes. It, it was so, it was like a psychological thriller, not a psychological thriller like Saw where it's gory. It was like a psychological thriller, like a crime thriller. Yeah. Like, <gasps> oh, What's going to happen? And then the story just kept getting more complex. And you're a parent. I'm a parent. You know, we know what it's like to be a teen. So you could put yourself in everybody's shoes. And you're like feeling all these, this stress and anxiety that these people are going through. And that's what made it a psychological thriller, you know? Um, and so I just thought it was so good. I've been recommending it for all sorts of people to watch. Like, just check it out. It was so trippy. I told the kids about it and they're like, what? <laughs> and at the end of the movie, there was a twist and I didn't see that coming. So it was so good. Really good. So I highly recommend that. So then the third movie that I watched, it's called The Good Marriage. And that was uh, a Stephen King novel. And, uh, oh. yeah, it was good. It was like, I think it was released in a, uh, I don't actually, I can't remember. It was like 2000, 
18 or 17, 13. So I don't even know. It was like, it's a few, it's a few years old, but I liked it because this husband and wife had this beautiful marriage and they had these adult kids and, um, she finds out. So like there's this serial killer, uh, in the state where they live and she finds out that maybe her husband is that serial killer. And so she's like digging around the garage and finds some, you know, dead woman's ID and she's like, oh, this is the dead woman that was killed by the serial killer. Why does my, why is this here in my house? And then her husband comes home from his business trip from the county of the recent slaying. And so it just gets really creepy, their marriage. And she's like, promise you'll never do it again. And you're like, is she really going to live with this oh, my husband goodness. who kills? And so, yeah, it takes a little twist. You know, it's subtle, but um, I think they did a very good job of this. And she was a very beautiful uh, woman and this husband, um, you know, they just had like a very passionate marriage and it it was like they were, they've been married for, I want to say like 29, 30 years or something because they celebrated their anniversary Uh in one of the or in one of the scenes in this movie and so i thought it was it was interesting it was fun to watch it was subtle it it was um you know it was good it was very stephen king but um it was very tolerable i think a lot of people could enjoy watching this little mystery movie and uh, i enjoyed it so i i recommend it awesome where what's that on yeah i think all of these were on prime So thank you, Diana, for your recommendations. Thank you for yours, Brooke. You're welcome. And hey, that's our show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We are so grateful that you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to our podcast and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. If you could do us a big favor and rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, we really need your feedback. Yes, and we will be uploading a new episode in a couple of weeks. Next show will be our 100th episode. You can find our website listed in our show notes. See you next time. Bye. Bye.